Welcome to Soulful Connections. I'm Amanda Solar, your host. I started this podcast because I believe when we share our thoughts, our stories, and experiences, we help one another to create more meaningful lives. And I also think that an important part of life revolves around our search for meaningful connection. That seems to only happen when we get real about who we are and we authentically share that. So listen in, try to answer these questions yourself, and let's connect. Well, hello to Kathy Marcino, who is my guest today. Um, and Kathy, first of all, we were just talking and she has done a podcast of her own with some other professionals. And Kathy is the owner of KMM Disc Consulting. And essentially the business, and you correct me if I get this wrong, Kathy, um, most of the time I do get it wrong. So please feel <laughs> free to correct me. Um, the, the company is designed to foster great communication um, for I, professionals, I essentially imagine, but maybe anybody. So teams, individuals, and then once you can communicate effectively, I would imagine you can be much more successful at whatever it is you're trying to do. Yes, absolutely. First of all, thank you for having me. It's a real treat. Um, Yes. What I, what I like to do, what um, I hope I can help business owners with, and not just necessarily business owners um, with a bunch of employees, this could be a solopreneur that's looking to hire employees, but how do they pick the right person? So I help with onboarding, improving communication, productivity, reducing conflict. Overall, how do I make your business more effective? So that's what I do for a living. And I love it. Awesome. Can you share with me a little bit about your journey? Like, how did you come to establish KMM Disc Consulting? Like, what, when did that all transpire and what is it that drove you to do it? Oh, my gosh. We're going to need a cocktail for this story. Um, <laughs> well, I was in the pharmaceutical industry for 18 years, literally started as a receptionist in my last year of college and worked my way up to uh, a senior director for recognizing or representing, I'm sorry, a uh, large pharmaceutical company. I left there in 2006 and was hoping to expand our family. Um, once we had a chance to do that, we had our second daughter and I found myself trying to lose that baby weight. I always love to exercise. I always belong to a gym and the owner literally came up to me one day after a class and said, we're looking for a female trainer because we have a lot of women here who feel uncomfortable with our male trainers. Would you think about getting certified? And I was like, yeah, I would love that. So I started working at a local gym in the area for about two years, teaching class and doing one-on-one -on -one training. And then people started saying, do you co 
would you come to my house? So I thought, yeah. So for five years, probably almost six years, I started to um, KMM Fitness and I was an in-home personal trainer, primarily with women 40 to 65 who had that gym imitation, right? Intimidation. And so um, that's how I started. So I did that. I brought all the equipment. And then, like I said, I did that for about five or six years. And I really just wanted to not necessarily get back to corporate, but use my business expertise and experience in a different way. I still love working with people. I still love helping people, but I always, um, I always ran a team and I always love to, um, you know, I was a solutions provider, right? That's what we called ourselves back in the day. And, um, and so I kind of wanted to get back into that. So I thought I need to be certified. How do I differentiate myself from other coaches out there? And so the DISC tool I used for my hiring, for my team communication, for client communication. And so I went and I got certified in that model. And that's kind of how I got started. So I started working with different businesses. And then from there, it pretty organically went to um, team coaching, individual coaching, leadership coaching. So um, I work with a lot of different a lot of different companies and a lot of different industries. And uh, I absolutely love it. Every, every company has the same business challenges, right? Doesn't matter what industry you're in. And the common denominator for all business challenges is people. And that's my thing. People are my passion. That's how I get my fuel. That's really great. Yeah. You know, I did not know that Kathy about the the fitness training. That is so interesting. I, I didn't yeah. know that. That is really cool. Now, what about, um, what was your major in college? Like, what were you hoping to be or what was your dream when, I when grew you up? were? Yeah. Um, I started out, I loved French in high school. And so I, um, <laughs> I wanted to be a French interpreter for the state department. That's what I wanted to be when I grew up. I don't know why I just did. And so I went to school for international relations was my major by sophomore year. I had no idea what they were talking about. And, um, I was not going to go into politics and, and that's a lot of the, um, a lot of my classmates, a lot of the professors were all geared towards that. You know, when I thought the French, you know, the French interpreter, I was going to get to travel and I love French. I took it for six years. And then I thought I, I'm not going to do well. So I uh, switched majors to marketing. Wow. You know, yeah. that's interesting. My, my sister majored in international relations and you're, I think the only other one that who I know yeah. that majored in that. I had lofty um, goals. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So can you share, did you grow up in this area of Bucks County where, you know, where I'm living or can you share a little bit about your childhood? Oh, my humble beginnings. I, um, I grew up in Southwest Philly, about five miles from the airport. Oh, okay. Um, do you remember the move? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I I, not too far from that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I grew up in the city. Um, I loved it. That was our community. You know, everything was built around the church. And what, you know, where you live, like I, my maiden name is McCann, 
but I grew up in the Little Italy section of Southwest Philly. So um, ironically, the grade school across the street from my house, I couldn't go to because I didn't have an Italian parent. <laughs> so really, yeah. So I had to go to um, a different grade school, which meant I uh, I had to walk farther for lunch and and all of that stuff. But yeah, yeah so that's where I grew up, born and raised in Philadelphia until I was married. That is so interesting because Sally, who I work with and who we both know, grew up yeah. in South Philly, Did and she? she wanted to be Italian so much. Her name was Sally Phoebe, but she called herself. Sally Fibianio. <laughs> she was surprised. just <laughs> right. She was just trying to pass. So you know, do you mind? Um, well, first, let me ask you. No, I'm going to ask you my original question. Okay. The one. Do you mind telling me about your mother? It's the one thing that you and I, whenever I'm with you, I I hear about her. Yeah, I can tell your mother was just a huge, very profound influence upon you. Um, yeah. oh, you're gonna make me cry. She, she was, um, I'm an only child. And so um, we were super close and she, um, she, I think looking back now, you're always a lot wiser years later, especially when you become a mom, right? You see things and like, oh, wow, that probably was odd. I don't want to say we had a codependent relationship, but we were crazy close. We were incredibly close. And so um, when I went to school, she was a waitress and she wanted me to go to college because I was the first person in our family to actually go. And so she took all these extra shifts and she was just so proud to say that I went to college and um and shortly after that, um, in my junior years, when she passed away suddenly. And so she was just, I, you know, it sounds so trite to say, oh, she was my best friend, but she really was. She was my number one fan. Wow. And um, that was, you know, people say what event ever, you know, something Thank that you. changed her life completely. That was it. I mean, yeah. you know, you go through that at first and you think, I'll never recover. I'll never be the same, but, um, you know, and going on and becoming, you know, the, having the career that I had and getting married and having children and, and things like that, and not being able to share that with her is really hard. But I know that, I know that she's here. I really do. Yes. So she passed away when you were a junior in college. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, so young. Um, can you share anything that you took from her into your present life? Like, is there anything that you either do or think where you go, oh, this is from my mom, or maybe you try to be a mother like her, or there's something professionally that she brought to you? I don't know. Is there anything like that? She, um, you know, I think she was a people pleaser. And in turn, I'm a people pleaser. And so, um, this could be positive or negative and that, you know, we, yeah. I, she, and I tend to put other people's needs first, um, at times. And, uh, but I think with my, with my daughters, I try to, um, my mother had a path for me, you know, she Ooh, wanted me to go to school yes. and she asked me to go in the convent. Right. Uh, can you imagine? 
Could you imagine? There's still time, Kathy. <laughs> Good Lord. So she already had, so she wanted me to be, I don't think anybody knows this. She wanted me to be Sister Kathleen Edward after her brother that oh passed away gosh. from polio. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, the Catholic church would have never been the same. Right? Uh, it maybe it would have been better. It would have complete, taken a completely different turn. <laughs> but anyway, so I think what, um, what I, what I take from her is the, is the love and support that she had for me. I definitely have for, for my daughters and I'm their number one fan. And wow. I you know I want to raise them to be, she raised me to be kind and we didn't use the word empathetic then, but I was, and because I was an only child, I was around adults all the time. And so I, you know, I could, I could handle myself with adults. I was polite and I was engaging and things like that. And so I really try to instill that in the, my girls at a time now where nobody even speaks to each other unless yeah. it's through text. And so, you know, meeting someone's eyes and, and helping where you can, and just kind of being that person that um, everybody knows that they can count on. That's a really well, long answer that to that. True. No, that's true. We always say that about you, actually, mm -hmm. Kathy. That's a very <laughs> good um, description of yourself. So, yes, you pointed out that we live in this time where people, um, you know, are pretty angry and it's hard to communicate. Do you have like either a number one or a top three communication tip or oh. tips? or a strategy that we can not only employ professionally, but just as we go through life. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people think um, they're great communicators, right? Just because yeah. we know how to speak, it doesn't mean we're doing it well. Um, a lot of time, a lot of people, I'll point out something to them and they'll say, I had no idea. So I think the very first thing is, is understanding how you may be perceived by other people. So um, I always tell people, ask for feedback and say, do you understand what I'm saying? Or, um, you know, ask questions. Don't assume that you understand what they're saying or that they understand you. So a lot of times it's like, well, I told you that. That should be obvious, right? Well, no. It might not be. So take the time, um, understand how you're being perceived. And that comes down to self-awareness, which is huge, right? And a lot of people say, oh, what is that? And that's really, what do I do well? And what are some things that I don't do well? And is it because I don't know I don't do them well, or it's something I really need to work on? More often than not, it's things that we just don't even recognize. Right. So, um, so listening, asking questions, understanding how you're being perceived, understand how people want to be communicated with. So I always say, how do you communicate? And then how do that, how does that person want to be communicated with? So um, a lot of times people will come in strong, right? They're coming in high. We've all had these network meetings, right? And someone's coming in and yes. crushing your hand and right in your face. And if that person is, is, has a different style of communication, you're going to see them back up, shut down, either be intimidated or walk away. And so there's so many tips that I give clients or even people that are in these networking groups. Hey, 
when you see somebody like that, you know, try to meet them halfway. Okay. Maybe you match their pace a little bit more. Um, things, things like that. I, I probably have at least 101, maybe I need 101 tips for communication book. I think you should communication. I think for you should do that. <laughs> I think that would be great. I would love it because I think that we could all use our communication. Um, we could all use enhancement. I mean, I think that, um, the self-awareness is like a really interesting tip too, because I think that's hard. I think that's hard for a lot of people. Um, what about, you know, there's this question that's tricky. And if you don't know the answer, don't worry about it. I'm going to ask you because I was just talking about this with somebody this morning. So now it's on my head. And since you said self-awareness, what do people get wrong about you? Do you think, is there anything that you think this isn't really who I am, or this isn't really, I don't know. The person I was speaking with today said, you know, I, people think I'm very social, but I'm, I'm actually an introvert. Okay. A lot of people get that because I I think um, those broad, they're too broad. You can't just, you know, have these two categories of introvert and extrovert. What it really means is your pace and how you make decisions. So introverts take longer to process information. And so that's why they're not coming like blah, 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 because they're taking this. So instead of a, you know, somebody who's an extrovert or outgoing person raises their hand first before they even know the answer. An yeah. introvert is going to take the time to understand, you know, process the information before they speak. So they're not ignoring you, but yeah, they're more reserved. And extroverts conversely are like, um, oh, I have, I have to do this so quickly and I have to do this with all of these people and squirrel. <laughs> yes. So, they're on to the they're on to the next thing. So it's really hard to put somebody in those two categories. But to answer your question about me, and I'll be completely transparent here, um, people think I really have my act together. <laughs> so yeah. you know, and maybe this is going to lose me potential customers, but um, yeah. I I I can pull it together and look like I know what I'm doing and that I've got two matching shoes. And, um, and, and I, but there are just some days inside just be five minutes before you saw me, I was like a tornado. You know what I mean? And so people are like, Oh my God, you really are. Wow. You're so grounded. And I can't believe you, you can do all of these things. And I'm laughing inside. Cause like, like I said, if you had seen me in my fuzzy slippers 10 minutes ago. Yeah. You might still might have get that your wrong. fuzzy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you can see my blouse, but that's about it. So I, I think that's probably what people get wrong. Uh, other than that, I'm pretty, I, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty open book. Yeah. Well, I love actually hearing that because part of the reason why I love doing this podcast is just about that authenticity. I think that mm-hmm. during the whole shutdown, especially we were all basically um, communicating in a sense, maybe like through social media on some level because we weren't together at all. And I do think sometimes there's so many false representations that it's refreshing when you hear, yeah, you know, we don't all have it together all of the time, you know, that just authenticity. Um, What about the, this is where I just like to ask people's favorite things or best. So the best advice 
or if it, if not the best, but good, good advice that you were given? What is the best advice you were given or just some good advice you were given? Um, professionally and personally, two things actually. One is um, I'm going back to my senior year of high school and uh, it was an all girls school, all girls Catholic school, sister Margaret Peter, right? Badass. She took no prisoners, this woman. She was four foot eight, but she could take us all on. So we get in there. She's my homeroom nun. And she has, a, you know, the face is all her. And she walks up and grabs a piece of chalk and across the board writes life. And slowly it was like, life is not fair. And then went back and underlined each word. And she's like, ladies, if you learn anything this year, is life is not fair. And we're all like, great, our senior year. Whoa, this is gonna be awesome. And no truer words were spoken, I swear to God. Love I swear that. to God. Um, so that's probably really up there for me. And then the second one I had to learn um, is to not take things so personally. Mm -hmm. And that's very hard in the corporate world. Um, it's very hard now, it's definitely, I, with can, you know, communicating 99% through social media, you put something in caps or somebody, you know, puts an emoji that you're not understanding why that's there. All of a sudden it's, what did I do? What did I do wrong? Oh, right. And, yeah. You know, you can't take it personally. This is, this is business or this has nothing to do with me. They yeah. have no idea that I'm even thinking that, Yeah, you know? A lot of people, you know, they get in their own heads and they say, well, they must have done this. It's like, they're not thinking about you at all. Yes. And so when people, you know, I've, I've gone to a couple of graduation parties um, over the years and they'll have a jar or something and they'll say, oh, put, you know, put a little thing in there or tip for the graduate. And that's the one I always put in there is don't think, don't take things so personally. Cause that's a killer. That's such a killer. It is a killer. Yeah. Did you ever read the book, the four agreements? By John yes. Miguel Ruiz. Yes. That's one of them. And 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 it's a biggie. It really is a biggie. Because intellectually you can know that, but you really have to work hard to put that into practice, you know, oh. I, I think. Logically it makes sense, but I think it's hard. It's it's definitely hard, and I think it's a lot harder for women. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. What is a favorite pastime? What do you like to do when you have free time? Well, um, what I'd love to do more than anything on the planet is dance. Oh, nice. I love the dance. I love to dance. I will dance my heart out. I'm the one that's the last one on the dance floor, sweating, not caring what anybody's saying. Um, and so I haven't been able to do that. And so I'll dance in a parking lot. I'll dance in the kitchen. I'll okay. I just, I, you know, it takes me out of my head. Yeah. There's no way you can think about anything seriously when you're dancing. You hear the music, you hear the beat, and you just, you're moving. And so it's hard to do both. Um, but since I haven't been able to dance anywhere, um, it's uh, Bravo. Just wow, Bravo. Right. Yeah. All Bravo all the time. That's my favorite. I don't even thing. know what's exactly on Bravo, mm -hmm. but. <laughs> anything, reality out. TV, um, I watch. I. Um, also, I took drum lessons. I played the piano. Oh for years. my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah, so I have a drum set and, um, you know, I think I'm a badass. And I'm going to start, you know, the new Go-Go's. 
but um, I stopped taking them before COVID. So I need to get, I need to get back into it. So yeah, that is the best. You're, <laughs> that's a first. Um, okay. So your favorite destination. Hmm. Um, I have two actually, and it's going to sound obnoxious, but um, my husband and I just had our 30th wedding anniversary and, you know, I love champagne. So for our 20th, we went to champagne. Oh, nice. Yeah. Not oh, Illinois. The, right. the real one. <laughs> and, um, well, you do love French. So I, exactly. So, um, we went there for our 20th and that was unbelievable. And then, um, for our 25th, we went back and, and went to a different, a different part. And so we were going to go for, um, for our 30th, but we weren't that, which was last year. So we weren't able to go, um, but we're going to go back this March. So that's one of my favorite places in the world. Second to that would be Tuscany. Oh, I do want to go to Tuscany. I really do. Just for the beauty of it. Is that what you love about it? It's, it's the pace of it. It's the food, of course. Um, But there's no other, there's no other place like it. It like time stops there. And I mean, unless you're in the city and, you know, it's a Rome and this and that, but it's still, you know, you see these amazing ruins next to this, you know, metropolitan, it's just, it's unlike anything else. So um, I've had the opportunity to, to be there a few times and I would go back in a heartbeat. Um, well, you mentioned food. So what's your favorite meal? Peanut butter M&Ms. Really? <laughs> I thought you were going to say homemade pasta with blah, blah. <laughs> You put our M&Ms with, um, no, P, um, gosh, I love pizza. I am so simple. I'm such a simple I person. I love it. Um, yeah. I mean, if I could only eat one thing for the rest of my life, it would be pizza and peanut butter M&Ms. Nice. Um, <laughs> favorite book or, or series or movie, something on that. Um, it, could be what, it could be any of those things. It could be all of those things. Jaws. Uh, I love Jaws. Oh, Jaws. Isn't that crazy? Yes. People, people yes. now are, are thinking that I am a bizarre. Um, <laughs> so you'll be eating peanut M&M's and pizza while watching Jaws in Tuscany. <laughs> I love, I mean, what, what, could you picture a better day? Um, yeah, I love, um, I love Jaws. I love uh, anything Mel Brooks. Oh, Any nice. Mel Brooks movie. I, I'm I love that um, type of humor and witty and, and cleverness. I, I love that part. I love, I love that part of a, of a movie. They don't make them like that anymore. Yeah. Um, a book that pr- for uh, professionally, well, personally too, was Daring Greatly, Brene Brown's Daring Greatly. Mm-hmm. Her TED Talk on vulnerability. Yeah. Based on, so that, um, that rocked me. For sure. I highlight, I've got highlights in there. Oh yeah. Margins and yeah. Yeah. How about, um, some words that, you know, kind of get you through the day. It could be a favorite quote. It could be something that you, that has resonated with you. And it could even be something that you've already shared with me. Cause it could be some of the advice that you've given, but either a favorite quote or favorite words or something like that. 
I know I, I have to have two of everything, you know, why do when you can overdo. Right. So that's, <laughs> that's a good one, actually, right there. One that I live by is everything happens for a reason. I probably say that at least five or six times a week for whatever, you know, that the dishwasher stopped working. I'm not sure what the reason is, but at some point it happened. But um, one of my good, good, good friends for many years, um, he said one day we're literally running through a train station in New York, trying to get to this client meeting and we're sweating and blah, blah, blah. And we were starting to complain about this and that. And he said, you know what, Kathleen? That's what he called me. He's like, you know what, Kathleen? He's like, life is good if you let it be. Ooh, and, I, and there was, there wasn't Twitter then we couldn't hashtag anything, but at yeah. the time I remembered that. And I thought, you're right. Life is good. And you see life is good on all the t-shirts and the brand. Yeah. And he's like, is it? Because it's hard. You know, people are like, no, is it? But it's hard. But yeah. if you let it be, if yeah. you're open to the opportunities, if you're open to, to everything out there that the world has to offer, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Who inspires you? You. Aww. <laughs> um, wow. Um, I have a lot of different people for different reasons, I guess. Um, you know, Brene, Brene Brown, like I mentioned, she's yeah. just, and I wish, and, and I'm hoping that this, that this happens because there are so many leadership. And I say that in quotes, gurus out there yeah. and, you know, and, you know, I don't want to put anyone down because everyone has their, their talents and their space. And there's, there's a room for everyone, but it seems like they're mostly men that are working with the larger corporations. Yes. I think that we would have a completely different leadership skill set if the Brene Browns of the world. Yes. Up on the 32nd floor. Yeah. And yes. so I, and I'm really hoping that in my lifetime that that happens. Yeah. Um, so she definitely inspires me. Um, Michelle Obama inspires me. Uh, I always cry on when I see, um, <laughs> athletes on commercials like athletes in, yeah. inspire me because of the the amount of of hard work and dedication that they put into things it just makes me cry you know stuff like that I'm yes I'm I'm all of yeah yeah so Michelle Obama Brene Brown athletes and me but probably I'm at the top <laughs> I was gonna say not necessarily in that order yeah <laughs> um so what, um, what kind of are your hopes for the future? Can something that you can share that's a dream for the future, a hope for the future, an expectation? I hope that, uh, kindness comes back in style. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I found like, you know, we were always having, you know, we were always interacting with each other for years and years. And then when social media started, it was, everybody kind of went downhill and kind of lost that art of communication. Wow. I find now it's coming back because people are seeing the importance of it. And so I really hope that we are at a place where we really can have, you know, the difficult conversations if, if we have to have it and not hide behind social media and, and recognize that, you know, it's okay to disagree and still be friends. Like I just yeah. kind of hope, divisiveness 
stops because yeah. I, I have lost friends, but I've definitely had arguments and differences of opinions. And, you know, I try to see people, Hey, you've been my friend for 30 years. You're still my friend. And I hope hey. I'm still your friend. And I've had people kind of turn away from me because I didn't agree with them. And that broke my heart. And so I really hope that that doesn't continue to happen because it's just sad. It's just life is too short if we've learned anything in the last two years and to have regrets because you haven't talked to somebody. And, you know, I'm not talking to them because they said that. that I mean, and losing my mother too at such a young age, it's just, you know, that yeah. she was 54. Wow. So I think, oh my God, you know, life is, is too short to have these silly, silly yes. arguments. You learned young how precious life is yeah. and how it can be lost. And I think that's a really good point. I think it's so much easier to be mean uh, when you're not face to face, you know, in real mm -hmm. life, in real time. So great point. Last thing I'm going to ask you a perfect day. What's a perfect day for Kathy? <laughs> I already said it, watching Jaws drinking champagne. And <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, you know, a, a really good, a, a perfect day for me is um, when I'm with my daughters. We oh, have wow. the silliest adventures, I swear. I mean, we could take a trip to Giant and there'll be some sort of an adventure, whether it's sitting nice. in the or just doing something or sitting on the couch watching Survivor, which we did, we, you know, during the pandemic, we went back, you know, there's 40 seasons. <laughs> so no, I didn't, but I yeah, do love survivor 20 years, 20 years. And, um, so we watched a ton of that and it's just so just being together, not even having to say anything, just being, that's a perfect yeah. day for me. Lovely. Yeah. Well, Kathy, I've enjoyed this so much and I so appreciate you taking the time and being on my podcast. Thank you so oh. much. It's it. I, like I said, it's a, it's a treat. I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening. Giant thank you goes out to show advisor, Roseanne Griffiths, the talented musician, Bill Aronson, who wrote, produced, performed the soulful connections theme song. And a thank you goes out to Brad Sanders for creating the soulful connections logo. Love it. That's new this year. So much gratitude to these guys and to my friends and family who continue to listen and guide me. And once again, to you for listening, I would love to hear from you. Please shoot me an email at soulfullife at gmail.com. That's S-O-L-F-U-L-L-I-F-E at gmail.com.